Hello and welcome everyone. This is Suditi Tandon, Chief Administrative Officer at CyberTalk India, and I welcome you all to this very insightful podcast that we are having today on the topic of Insolvency and Bankruptcy Code 2016. For this discussion, we have Advocate Swarnendu Chatterjee, who is a graduate from KIIT University and has worked as an advocate in the chambers of Additional Solicitor General of India, PS Narasimha. He has also held the position of Principal Associate at Matt Corporate and is currently working as the Senior Associate with LNN Partners. He is also an advocate on record and has carved a niche out for himself in the field of litigation. We are delighted to have you, sir, and we would like to have this very insightful discussion with you. Good, good, good evening, Suditi, and I welcome and I acknowledge the respect and the invitation. Yeah. So sir as we all know that IBC has been in the news since 2016 December and it has yeah. you know been uh, like successfully completed almost 3 and a half years of its enforcement and i think it yeah. can rightly be called a transformational legislation because it has aimed to eradicate all the bad assets in our country and have also incorporated the companies and promoters under its purview and also we have seen like many big companies and corporates taking over each other because either they have to pay or they have to perish so my first question yeah. to you is that uh, what do you think about the impact of this legislation or ibc regime in terms of its pan india application sir uh it's a it's definitely an evolution you see uh, this is a this was a new thing for uh, for us in 2016 but but time has proved but still there is a lot of time left for this legislation to prove its worth yes it has its two poles somewhere but in some places but you know uh, overall it gives you a time bound process it it, it is it is uh, like at a a time bound uh, along with be it being a time bound process it's a it's a code which has helped both the debtors and the creditors like the otherwise suppose in case of banks the financial or the financial creditors they would the option would have been the, the, for the banks it was drt and for the others it was it would have been either a criminal prosecution under for under, in the garb of 420 and 417 and 406 sometimes you get away with those criminal prosecutions sometimes settlement happens or you see sometimes you can file a recovery suit and that suit goes on for used to go on for substantial period of time yeah. now this pan india application of the pan india application and this useful legislation insolvency and bankruptcy code actually if you if you threaten somebody's business to be taken over or business to get over he is all the more but he is but the person becomes all the all the more the active in repaying the repaying his loans or repaying his uh, his debts or clearing his debts hmm. of course the supreme court in 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 as many words have described this code as not as not being a recovery mechanism but you see ultimately it does lead it is not a recovery as such but is actually realizing its debts Right. You you have if if one has taken the debts, it 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 becomes a liability for that person to return it in a timely manner. But you see, personal insolvency is still not there. Like you can, a bank cannot suppose I take a loan from the bank and I do not return it. It's still under DRT. It's not under IBC. Right. It's for it's for a corporate debtor. It means a company only. Still, 
the, the, the those provisions which relate to personal insolvency with respect to a single person single person has not been yet brought into effect the day that will be brought into effect you will have uh, less amount of bad debts and loans but as of now the companies the big corporates or sometimes the small corporates who have taken loans and who have tried tried to play fraud or tried to play who tried to manipulate and get away with time because drt as we know is a is a time consuming process and you go and it is a lot of appellate process and you somehow manage to get a stay or somewhere or, and you and you get away with it right. you try to get away with it it's the, the enforcement mechanism has has more or less lacked its venom if i if i may say but this is where this law is time bound the nclt and the nclat act in a time bound process most cases and mm-hmm. it's a three tier process nclt nclat and the supreme court so uh, it's not and it's a time bound and the court uh, and the court won uh, the two courts like the nclat the first appellate court does not accept appeals with a, if it is not done within a, within a maximum period of 45 days mm-hmm. that to even though limitation act is uh, applicable and supreme court of course supreme court under section 62 can accept appeals but again it's a time bound process it's a, it's a time bound appellate procedure although supreme court can take some time to decide on it based on its volume of work but yes being the being a three tier process only a three tier process and two tiers getting solved very quickly mm-hmm. so you can one can expect to reach supreme court within a period of a year within a period of year right so uh, i yeah. think um, you have clearly explained how impactful it has been and how time bound it has created uh, time boundness it has created for the creditors as well as as well as the debtors and other corporates yeah. so my next question yeah. to you is that we are well aware of the principle that uh, through ibc there is this thing that either you pay up the corporates shall pay up or either you perish because then it can be acquired yeah. or it can be taken away from you so do you think that yeah. the ibc has uh, has been created as a platform or has it opened doors or doors of opportunity or maybe you can say innovation strategy amongst corporates as now you know any tata can buy a bhushan and so on so do you think that this opportunity of platform or opportunity of innovation has been created through the ibc regime yeah you like it's uh, if it's not directly a like a tata buying a bhushan like that it's obviously tata giving a resolution professional resolution plan for buying bhushan steel and bhushan power what you are referring and also arcelor mittal in one in sr hmm. so like uh, like these are the, these are these are two famous cases which we have at this present moment and there are I and mean, in number of cases and into three four cases where i myself have appeared mm-hmm. there have been there has been resolution plans but you see the the regime of a resolution plan is much more effective than buying out because buying out taking over amalgamation was a lengthy procedure mm-hmm. but here you have what if you if you fail if you falter there will be a cirp triggered under the court either section 7 or the section 9 or section 10 and then if and the court sends you to cirp if you recover you and within the cirp process within that mandatory mandatory process of let's say 6 months or 9 months you have a you have to get the liquidate the resolution professional is expected 
to send out information memorandum and ask for uh, resolution plans if somebody comes out with a resolution plan then uh, obviously the company is uh, the company is taking over its other name for acquiring or, or taking over it's so, like so you uh, are so you are saying that it's it like is a, kind of a platform yeah. for different companies and corporates to you know have a synergy between them and their uh, resolution strategies to get together and you know start something new are you saying that ibc can be a platform for that IBC is not a pl- IBC is actually not a platform for take- taking over. That would be very wrong to say. But it is actually, it's actually paved way for survival of certain. Although the names change, the bu- but the businesses or let's say the workmen over there survive a bit because right. uh, suppose a a company gives a resolution plan and this resolution plan is approved by the committee of creditors having a as per case shashidhar judgment of the supreme court uh, this committee of creditors do have do enjoy commercial wisdom and judicial mm-hmm. interference is in is minimal there mm-hmm. so once it gets approved then uh, the level of judicial scrutiny being scrutiny being minimal and uh, once it is in place so like one can hope that the company's assets would be taken over the company will although the name will not exist let's say bhushan won't exist or something xyz won't exist hmm. but it's it's skeletal with its skeletal framework and with the with the workman it's like a uh, bifur right like in old days we had sikar bifur Like mm-hmm. a bifur used to have a scheme, and that was taken over. And then you have a draft amalgamation scheme, and this was the that was a much extensive process. You had to go to bifur. You had thereafter AIFFR, and thereafter up to high court. You have to go, and thereafter in amalgamation cases, scheme of amalgamation used to be approved by the for six companies. This is actually. You see, so this is actually uh, IBC means uh, a company going to CRB means actually it's a SIC company, it's a it's a default company. Right. Right. It's another name for SICA was repealed in eighty five, but you see, I uh, SICA was success was initially successful, but later on it was not so successful. But time will only say whether IBC and the resolution plans. Sometimes the resolution applicants hmm. and the resolution professionals do. do uh, stray away from the law that is why the judicial pronouncements and the evolution of the code with the judicial interpretation is much important in certain areas where uh, high handedness is sometimes shown by the resolution applicant or the resolution professional who who made who sometimes try to deviate yeah like and we saw are, that electro so, steel took up vedanta yeah, and yeah, you know yeah, they yeah, had to give up their And you know, the IBBI being a very strong body, they are suitably dealt with. We have seen so many cases, and IBBI having a strong foothold. It's a statutory body, so it's it 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 has a strong power to right. take care of things. Okay, I think let's let's uh, talk about judiciary for a second now. So, what do you think that our judiciary is strengthened enough, or we have the correct infrastructure for all the resolution mechanisms or cases or the applications that uh, we have for the stressed assets or the bad assets, or uh, like the tribunals that have been created? Do we have that kind of infrastructure after the regulation and enforcement of the IBC? Uh, what is the like? What rating would you like to give to the judiciary uh, as you know have been able to resi- uh, resolve all these uh, stress asset cases? You see, when it started, 
it, it is not right to rate the judiciary first of all because uh, it, it it would uh, obviously be contempt it will obviously amount to contempt if we if i start rating the judiciary uh, no i mean i meant the resolution capacity that has been taken place not the judiciary per se the aim of the court as uh, Andhra Pradesh Power Transmission Commission judgment says, but is Justice Sikri speaking for the Supreme Court has said, mm-hmm. and even for ICICI Bank Innovative Industries and Mobilox, the mm-hmm. aim of the court is, is resolution, not liquidation. Mm-hmm. So, like that, that is that is the scheme, that is the scope and object of the co- of the court. It's a complete code in itself, so it takes care of the things. So and uh, the the and the and the adjudicating authority, let's say the NCL National Company Law Tribunal or the Appellate Mechanism (NCLT) mm-hmm. has tried to live up to has tried to live up to its standard and has and had been chaired by eminent judges. Like for example, NCLT was chaired till March by Justice uh, Mukhopadhyay, the retired a known retired judge of the Supreme Court, and a judge for and the judge par excellence. Right. And NCLT's principal bench was headed by Justice M M Kumar, the retired Chief Justice of the retired Acting Chief of uh, Jammu and Kashmir High Court. Okay. And like I have appeared in both their courts and other courts of NCLT as well. You see the the uh, the thing which which only lacks sometimes. Uh, it's a feeling among lawyers that mm-hmm. you see IBC is an evolving court. The judges are also learning. The lawyers are also learning. Right. We can't blame the court for wrong interpretation. Sometimes wrong interpretation does not mean wrong judgments. Wrong True. judgments are also due to uh, sometimes you to err is human, as they say. So you can you judges are also humans. They sometimes if we as lawyers can't assist them properly, then obviously the interpretation goes wrong. And sometimes yes, the interpretation some somewhere some somehow might have gone wrong in some places or there is there. There are there are some unanswered questions in the court for for, for which you have to uh, rely on certain judgments of some other statutes or some other country on uh, on that point. But like say for example, I'll tell you. Uh, let's say a layoff. Mm-hmm. A, comp- a company which is going under CIRP is laid off. The the workmen are laid off by the resolution professional. Now you see if the resolution professional lays off the workmen without adhering to the procedures of Industrial Disputes Act. Yeah. Now can to that can an overriding power of section two like mentioned in two thirty eight I I of uh, IBC mm-hmm. override a social a social welfare mechanism or a social welfare statute enacted by the par- both the parliamentary legislations. Right. You're, we we must keep in mind that both are parliamentary legislations. Industrial Dispute Act operates in its own sphere. Mm-hmm. IBC operates in its own sphere. Now, right. when resolution professional try will try to lay off, will he lay off without adhering to that procedure, as mentioned under the law mm-hmm. of uh, prescribed procedure under the law of Industrial Disputes Act? That's the labor law. Mm-hmm. Or he will take his own route. He can do whatever he feel like. That is the those things are really very obscure and they they are the gray areas and if and and it has been a it has been a situation for many industry, many labor unions and industries because you see not only stressed assets workmen have have suffered the most 
in this ibm like one like one sector which has suffered the most is is uh, are the workmen because mm-hmm. they don't know what to do because resolution professionals just don't want to pay them right they deny their payments day in and day out and in fact they work they they have they have the um, like in in as many judgments of the previous times supreme court has said like like if you if you if we interpret section 25 triple f retrench like in uh, where where they where the code where the act says that beyond the capacity of the beyond the control of the like 25 triple f proviso says of the industrial disputes act ki like if it is beyond the capacity of the industry of the of the owners of the industry then they can pay 3 months of salary or compensation compensation otherwise it has to be paid in a mechanism and under the core as under the act right but you see Uh, I think I think I think I'd like yeah. to interrupt I think talking about since you said that you know the misuse is there or maybe because of the legislative vacuum I might I might say that these things yeah. happen and they might even increase the pendency in the court of law or maybe in the tribunals so coming yeah. from taking it from that do you think that the pendency or maybe the misuse that is going on by the creditors yeah. through this IBC yeah. regime can be one mm. cause of the delay or maybe not so satisfactory uh, enforcement of the IBC because you know many creditors who do not have a lot of amount of uh, you know stressed assets they might also run to the court and they might file you know demand uh, applications and stuff so that might also create mm. or enhance dependency You see, that is why the government have initially the uh, the threshold limit for triggering a debt of insolvency was uh, under Section Four of IBC was one lakh. Now the government, with respect to with effect from March, uh, like in times of COVID, it has reached to it has uh, it has been raised to one crore. One crore. Uh, right now. there has to be certain amount like say if 1 lakh is actually nothing in this market right if you if if if, if we see 1 lakh over a debt of rupees 1 lakh you and you, you add and there is admitted debt it's a summary procedure before nclt exactly so somebody it's not uh, it's not of a civil court that it will go into evidence and merits and all mm-hmm. and supreme court's judgment in icsa innovative and mobilox industries this is absolutely clear in section 7 at, at least in section 9 applications one can say with a pre existing dispute or not in section 7 the nclt just has to see whether debt exists yes debt exists whether debt was whether loan was taken or whether money was taken yes what was the agreement yes the agreement box is ticked and whether there is a default yes there is a default but there not anything more they okay. can't go into the question whether there was a genuine difficulty or not be that as it may you have to pay your debt Okay. sometimes it is right also but sometimes it it amounts to arm twisting you know because we can imagine the situation under 498a ipc also mm-hmm. sometimes some due to the misuse of the law supreme court had to come out with several judicial interventions absolutely okay sir. and so i and think you know because of because of this sometimes creditors taking taking certain industries and certain industries actually want to go to uh, go forward to ibcs just to deny wages to some workmen there are examples live examples of that mm-hmm. in and around india where just to deny the claims and just to we wash their hands off because previously even their guarantors weren't liable and right. their personal assets are also not liable 
and now promoters and everyone have come under the purview yeah. so and now they have now it's a prospective application of law so sometimes some somewhere where companies have gone into liquidation and in 2017 18 what happens mm. to them they yeah. are they are free from that wrath of law but right. the workmen continue to suffer in 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 some cases where i have appeared provident fund gratuity were was so was swindled right okay so i think taking from the word suffering that you said i believe everyone is suffering in this covid pandemic and everyone is under lockdown and since even yeah. supreme court has said that all the contracts or you know the credits or whatever that people have already been into the agreements so the limitation period would be excluded in this time so that people yeah. cannot be worried that their, their their contracts might end or frustrated and all that So yeah, thinking. Supreme Court. Has, Supreme Court has lately cl- clarified it, yeah. it will be like the limitation would stand extended up to the period of lockdown in different states as it as it is yes. plus forty five days from the lockdown and not thereafter. Yes, absolutely. Or maybe till the next order that the Supreme Court takes out. So yeah. so pertaining to that I believe that even the uh, legislative legislative felt that there is a need for some uh, measures to be taken because of the covid pandemic and they they started of these amendments and ordinances that are very well known and are and have been a hot topic in these months of covid pandemic so i would like to ask you and throw some light upon that what do you think would have been the legislative intent in uh, bringing about this ordinance and especially the one clause that is suspension of filing of the ibc filing so what do you think how is this going to impact the creditors per se especially because you know the debtor uh, the the borrowers would be having a sigh of relief that you know we don't have to pay some amount you know this time is there so what do you think how is it going to impact the creditors you see it's it's a, now the ordinance is under exactly this point is under challenge before the madras high court okay uh, this ordinance is under challenge before the madras high court it was challenged last week so it's, it's due to come up for hearing now uh, since it's a subjective matter we would i would restrict my views just to this point you see whenever a policy this is an executive ordinance is an executive decision it's a piece of legislation also right and but but it's an act by the executive you see so the ordinance we have to see the the rationale and the impact test and the object and purpose test exactly these are the two three tests which are which it has to satisfy now it says what it says of the debts arising on and after 25th of march right correct the on after 25th of march for a period of 6 months during that time if any debt has arisen now you cannot trigger insolvency during that time and that time can be can be further extended by 6 months more right so may maximum of 25th of march 2021 it can be done by this ordinance yes at at and when parliament resumes after this like in july you have a monsoon session but i don't know whether we will have the monsoon session in the wake of this pandemic or mm. if uh, if it if it resumes work in the winter session or there is some special winter session then it will be it has to be tabled the ordinance has to be tabled within 6 weeks yeah. so like you know, we know that law very well now the thing is the object of this law to my mind is that 
we need to protect certain you see there will be defaults no matter what during this time there will be checks which will be bouncing yes but you see 130 is not suspended yet government has just proposed decriminalization right like since we know air, there like is, there's a news that airlines would go bankrupt yeah. they would go insolvent so these are big big yeah. things that are happening yeah, and these are you, you see the there will be some sometimes there will be big corporates who might default there will be small businessmen msmes who might default and yeah. rather than taking them to the court we and as as moratorium has also been granted by the rbi till august Till August thirty first of August two thousand to twenty. So I think these are in line with it. Now the contention that whether to take away a remedy of law is actually, but remedy can be taken away with a with a procedure established under law or with a prescribed procedure if it's that's a need of the hour. You see, the, if if we allow, if one hand you see moratorium going on. Mm-hmm. on the other hand you you if banks going on banks going to uh, going for section 7 it it doesn't make sense right mm-hmm. if you have moratorium in place how can how how can you trigger insolvency you can't trigger insolvency right right and for for uh, operational creditor if you uh, like for rents you cannot obviously rent rent and land, landlord tenant dispute cannot be cannot be cannot, can, yes. cannot go cannot go to ncrt that's long settled right so one thing that comes out from this is that uh, i i just wanted to say like see creditors as you already answered that they have been settled due to other sections and 130 also so these are different 138 things. yeah 138 these are also the other aspects but uh, i wanted to just ask you this thing that the moratorium and everything will that be enough or will that uh, suffice if already suppose before the lockdown a, a creditor has yeah. already given to you or served you a demand notice and uh, people like before this amendment so how are they going to you know go about this and because before the amendment they have already been served this notice and now people can take up this advantage that due to lockdown we cannot you know give you or pay back you the money and already the supreme court and the legislature has given this that you do not have to pay back in you know these terms so how are they no. going to uh, you know uh, coordinate you see you see so if section 8 has been section 8 demand notice has already been served prior to 25th of march yeah and and uh, the default is prior to 25th of march there is no embargo in going to nclt the ordinance is absolutely clear and the nclt lately i think last week only a bench of justice led by justice vardarajan has answered the has answered the query from nclt chennai that okay. uh, that that uh, default has to be with on and after 25th of march 2020 and cannot do and if it is before there is no stoppage from triggering insolvency All right. Okay. I think uh, a law is a, a law is always prospective unless mentioned to be so. But here in in IBC, there is no such provision in the law or transitional provision which actually makes it retrospective. Right. Absolutely true. So I think, uh, sir, you have answered most of the questions, and I think that this uh, discussion and this co- podcast has been very fruitful and resourceful for me and our listeners. 
and you have given us a clear view of how this regula regulation and regime of IBC has been from 2016 until now in this pandemic and how its application and impact and ramification on the creditors, debtors and other companies and corporates have been fruitful as well as having its up and downs and also you throw a light on the synergy between judiciary, executive and the legislative intent behind this regulation and uh, the amendment that has been there. So I think I can thank you enough for this informative session that you had given and um, uh, we, we would like to speak with you in, on another topic on another day and thank you so much for your uh, time and attention and consideration on this topic. Thank you.